Jesus Christ, we thank you for this opportunity to break the bread of your word right now. We look to the greater one, the Holy Spirit, to teach us and guide us as we enter into the truth of your word. We believe right now we will receive it, and we expect to, uh, uh, as we do receive it and act upon it, glory to God, we expect to be blessed because that's what you said in your word. And again, Lord God, I am, I am convinced you're doing a mighty work in all of our lives, transforming us into the image of Jesus. And we thank you now for these things. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, everybody say, I'm ready. I'm, ready. I'm stirred up to receive the word. Amen. Well, this morning I want to continue our study on finding out and discovering what manner of Jesus was when he walked the earth and what manner of man or woman we should be as Christians, as followers of Christ. How many of you are a follower of Christ? Amen. Well, so far in this study, we've looked at the fact that Jesus was a man of prayer. Did Jesus spend quality time in the presence of his father? So much so that he was able to say, I only say what I hear the Father say. I only do what I see the Father do. I believe that that should be our goal as a Christian. We should have a desire to be able to spend so much quality time in his presence that we only say what we hear him say and we only do what we see him do. Amen. Friends, what it comes down to is that you should desire such an intimate prayer life. An intimate prayer life with Almighty God. That what you know, without a shadow of a doubt, what His plan and purpose is for your life. And then, when you have that kind of confidence, that's when you can step out in faith, fully believing and knowing that God is going to bring it to pass. Amen. Can it be? Should it be? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, Next thing we've been talking about is the fact that when God first created man, he created man to have authority in the earth. He created man to rule and reign upon the earth. We were created to rule and reign. We were not created to be ruled over. Did you hear what I just said? We were created to rule and reign. We were not created to be ruled over. But what happened when Adam sinned? When he sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they turned over all the authority that had been delegated to them to the enemy, to the devil. And that's when, as I've said over and over in this study, when the devil became the God of this world with a little g. But thank God that's not the end of the story, is it? As we've seen in this study, Jesus Christ came as the second Adam. Everybody say the second Adam. He came as the second Adam and restored to mankind through his redemptive work. All the authority that had been turned over to the devil by the first Adam. And when Jesus ascended on high, he sat down at the right hand of the Father in the highest position of authority In the universe. Friends, there is no position of authority greater than the one that Jesus Christ now sits in. There is no government. There is no power. There is nothing greater than the position Jesus now sits in. Are you following me? Do you agree with that? Do we look at that in the Bible? 
And then notice the Bible goes on to say this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I love the the passion translation of these verses 6 and 7. He raised us up with Christ the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of His grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. Friends, that's shouting grounds right there. Hallelujah. Jesus has been exalted to the highest position of authority in the universe and we've been made to sit with him. We are now co-seated as one with Jesus Christ. All the authority that God had first delegated to man back before the fall has now been restored back to us through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And we can now use that authority to rule and reign on the earth today. You're now back in that place where you have the ability to rule and reign instead of being ruled and reigned over. Get what I'm saying here. That means this. When the devil comes against you or your family, you can resist the devil from your position of authority Knowing that when you do so, he's going to run from you in holy terror. There is no questions about this. There's no wondering if it's going to happen. I, you never approach the devil with a, that kind of mentality. I sure hope this works. Boy, I, 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 I've seen some really scary movies. And I see what happens. I mean, my goodness gracious, the devil throws those people across the room. And he begins to tear their flesh. You know, approach the devil that way he is defeated he has been defanged and he has been declawed he is nothing but a stepping stool that we not a stepping stool what is the word I'm looking a stepping mat that we can step on because he's under our feet he is defeated and when you resist him When you come against him, when you use your authority in the name of Jesus, he will run from you. He will leave your premises. See the difference between approaching the devil like I sure hope so mentality instead of of having this mentality. I want to have the mentality that when I approach the devil, boy, he messed up. He shouldn't have shown up in my house. Are you listening? I sure is quiet in here. I want you to catch this. Thank you for those stomps. 
Think I, I want you to catch this because it's so important to us, friends. You got to understand that you have authority. And it's not just any kind of authority. You have the you are seated in the highest position of authority in the universe as well. As a child of God. Did I just share the Bible with you? Were you made to sit with Christ in the heavenly places? It's just like, remember when I had James come and sit on me? I, I, I mean, it's the absolute truth of the matter. So many Christians just cannot perceive in their understanding that that's where they're now seated. They just don't think they're worthy enough. They don't think they have, you know, that God could love them like that. They don't think they have that, the access to that kind of authority and power. That's why I believe that God said there, you have been made to sit in the heavenly places in Christ. You were made to sit down there. Are you listening? Because when you get the revelation of where you're seated, there's nothing you will ever face that will bring fear to your life. And I'm, I, I, I'm try, I, I, I guarantee you this much. Am I there completely 100%? No. I am meditating on this, and I am meditating on this, and I am meditating on this because I want to live that way. I want to live with complete confidence in who I am in Christ Jesus and the position of authority that I am now seated in. That position of authority that is now mine as a child of God. Amen. And what else did I share with you guys? Authority without power backing it up is useless. It will do nothing for you. But we looked at the Bible and we found out that the, the power that is backing us up is the power of God. And we looked at in Ephesians chapter 1 that this power is immeasurable, unlimited, and unsurpassable. There is no power. Greater than the power that we now have access to in Christ Jesus through our authority. Oh my goodness gracious. I mean, if you went to war and you had this really incredible, powerful uh, uh, weapon that you knew if you could utilize that weapon, it would destroy the enemy like that. Because the enemy could not stand against that particular weapon. Because it's so powerful. But you didn't have the legal right to use that weapon. What good is that weapon going to do for you? Or let's just change it up a little bit. Let's say that you, you were going to war. And you had the legal right to use this particular weapon. But it was like a dud. Oop. Didn't do anything. That's not us guys. We have access, we have, listen, we have the legal right to use this particular weapon, and this particular weapon is the power of God. Stop and think about all the mountains out there right now. Think about all of creation. Think about Anything you want to think about as far as this creation is concerned. Do you believe that that power of God is able to change things now in your life? Do you believe that you... Let me, let me ask you this question. If, if, 
And I, I, I don't know how else to express it, but like this. If Jesus walked in here right now, and there is a person dealing with cancer. We just throw cancer out there, because that's sometimes the one that freaks a lot of people out. Cancer. And, 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 but Jesus walked into this room, and this person had heard about Jesus. And this person said, all I got to do is touch the hem of his garment. And this person reaches out and, and touches the hem of his garment. Do you believe that that person is going to be healed of that cancer? Why? Why do you? It is faith. But why also? Because you know Jesus is the healer. And you know that the power of God, the healing virtue of God is greater than that cancer. Do you see how I'm saying that? There is no sickness or disease greater than the healing power of God. Did you hear that? Why do we even for a moment wonder if it's going to work? The healing power of God is greater than anything. Any sickness, any disease. I don't care if it's AIDS. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's whatever. The healing power of God is greater than that. And then, then there's people, I've been bound to cigarettes since the time I was 12 years old. I've been smoking cigarettes, and I just can't get free from it. You have not had a divine encounter with the deliverer. Because God's delivering power is greater than any addiction, any kind of bondage. Amen. Are you guys pondering these things? Because I'm getting excited up here, and it looks like you guys are about ready to take a nap. Not trying to be rude or mean. <laughs> Think about these things I'm saying to you. Just sit there and just ponder this. What kind of power is backing up your authority? It's the power of God. It is unlimited, immeasurable, unsurpassable. Woo! Think about it. And when we use our authority, all that power is loosed to bring to pass whatever we're using our authority against. You see how I'm saying that? Glory to God. Okay, I'm going to get happy with myself because I, you know, thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus, I believe in you. Amen. Go with me this morning to uh, Mark Chapter 4, some very familiar scriptures. We looked at these at the beginning of this study. I want to take some time this morning. And I want to look at how Jesus operated in authority when he was here on the earth. And remember, remember, he did so as the second Adam, right? Which means what? He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Thus, when we can see how Jesus did it, we can say to ourselves, Glory to God, I can do that too. Why? Because we've been anointed with the very same Holy Ghost and power. Amen. And we have the same authority to use that same power. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose 
and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Passion Translation of that last verse says, Who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? So again, we have this account of what happened right after the disciples had been taught about the sower sows the word. Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. What's he doing? He's giving them the word of the Lord. Right? Remember, faith is based on not what one sees, not what one feels. It is based solely on the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? Which means that when you step out in faith based solely on the word of God, then no matter what else you may feel, no matter what else happens, no matter what you may see, even if things begin to get worse, you will receive what you're believing God for if you keep your focus where? On the word of God. And as we see here in this instance, no matter what the disciples were seeing, no matter what they were feeling, no matter how strong the wind was blowing, no matter how much water was pouring into that boat, they were going over to the other side of that lake as long as they remained in faith. In other words, as long as they kept their focus on the word of the Lord, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Now, there are several things that happen in this account that are so important to see and understand. Think about this storm. This storm is so strong that the disciples, including all of those who have been in, in uh, the fishing industry for years, they, I mean, which means they probably have been through some powerful storms of their own, they thought they were going to drown, didn't they? But where did that strong storm come from? Now, I know a lot of people like to say, well, that storm was caused by God. Because it's only God who can create storms. But if that were the case, then why in the world would Jesus rebuke it? Wouldn't that be coming against the will of God? And didn't Jesus say, I always do the will of God? Hello? No, my friends, this, this storm was the result of demonic influence. In fact, I'll show I mean, how do I know this? Because on the other side of this lake was a demon-possessed man. He was possessed with a legion of demons, which means this guy had over 1,200 demons in him. That's a lot of demons. And, this, and the devil knew. If Jesus crossed over to this side of the lake, he would cast out this demon horde that had long terrorized that entire region of the country. So the devil brought this storm against them to try to keep Jesus and his disciples from ever getting over there. 
So what does that mean? Remember how I said to you that no matter what the devil brings against us, whether sickness or disease, whether poverty or lack or, or bondages or destructive storms, as in this case, anything else that would cause stealing or death or destruction in your life, that means you have the authority to tell him to go take a hike or whatever it else you're dealing with to cease and stop. I mean, isn't that what Jesus does here? When his disciples wake him up, Jesus doesn't get on his knees and begin to pray, does he? Oh, dear Father in heaven, can you see this incredible storm that's coming against us right now? And if you don't do something about it, we're all going to drown. Is that what Jesus does? No, Jesus stands up and Jesus rebukes the storm himself. Be peace, be still. Everybody say peace, be still. I tell you what, you learn to say that when you're facing some of the storms you go through in life, it will help you out greatly. He said, peace, be still. And guess what? The wind and the waves. Now get this. The wind and the waves. Listen to him. Ooh, Pastor Dan, you're trying to tell me the wind. Listen to Jesus. You're trying to tell me waves, listen to Jesus. You're trying to tell me that storm, listen to Jesus. Oh, I am. I am. Because what happened? They became calm. Did they listen to him? He said, peace be calm. They became calm. Hello? Now, why was Jesus able to do this? Because he's the son of God. Is that the right answer? Absolutely not. He is the son of God. But again, did Jesus do what he did as the son of God? He did it. He did what he did as the second Adam. As a man. Amen. Listen. He did it because of the authority he was operating under as the second Adam. You see, my friends, because this storm came from Satan and was trying to bring death and destruction to him and his disciples, he had every right to do what he just did. I'm just assuming right now that you're listening. Because again, I'm going somewhere with this, and I hope you're going to get excited like I know I am. My question is, what about you? My question is, what about you? Do you have the legal right in the eyes of Almighty God to stand up? And tell the wind and the waves and anything else that's trying to steal, kill, or destroy you or your family to stop and go in the name of Jesus. Do you have the legal right in the eyes of Almighty God? Do you have the legal right to speak to wind and waves and anything else destructive coming against you and your family? Think about it. And when you do it, and when you do it in faith, what's going to happen? What do you expect to happen? Oh, I sure hope this works. I sure hope this works. Oh, man, I sure hope this works. No. 
You've got to know that it's going to work. You're doing it just like Jesus did it. And if you're doing it just like Jesus did it, which means you're doing it in faith, that means you're going to get the same kind of results. Oh, glory to God, that's such good news. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want to say something. Sometimes when you're doing it, I mean, how do I want to say this? Well, I'll be getting ahead of myself. I'll come back to that thought. I'll come back to that thought. I get there. Lord, I hope I get there. <laughs> now, listen, listen. Think about what happened here. As I've already mentioned during this study, Jesus didn't thank them for waking him up, did he? He didn't say, thank God you woke me up. I'm the son of God and only I could have done what I just did. He didn't say that, right? We're all in agreement. That's not what he said. He got on them for their lack of faith. He got on them for yielding to fear. The implication is that they could have done what he did. And he could still be sleeping in the back of the boat. Is that right? Hello? Am I the only one that got kind of gets a little stirring on the inside of me? You can do what Jesus did there? Oh, my goodness gracious. Friends, can we rebuke the devil when he's coming against you and me or any of our family? The very same authority that Jesus operated in with all the very same power backing it up is now available for us to use as believers. Did you hear that? The very same authority and the same power that is backing it up is now available to us as believers. Are you a believer? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Oh, glory to God. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Again, these are... Some very familiar scriptures to most of you. What are we doing? We're looking at instances where Jesus exercised his authority in the earth. Now, the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he, speaking of Jesus, was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. What did Jesus just do? He spoke to a tree. In other words, he exercised his authority. But I want to go back and just make sure you're understanding what I'm saying here. He spoke to a tree. If you had been there with Jesus and you saw Jesus speaking to a tree, what, might, what thoughts would probably be running through your head? What's up? What is going on here? This guy is speaking to a tree. And the Bible is, is, I love the fact that it brings out the fact that, that, that the disciples heard him. The disciples heard him, and obviously they saw him. They're right there with him to, in order to hear him. They had to see it. They saw Jesus. They heard Jesus speaking to a tree. 
again, he's exercising his authority. Now go to verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. I want to throw this in real quick. And I'm endeavoring to get a better revelation of this. Notice how Peter said he cursed it. But did Jesus, does the Bible bring out that Jesus cursed it? Or does the Bible just bring out the fact that Jesus spoke to it? He just spoke to it, right? Just throwing that out there for free. I'll let you say law time. Have a time of meditating on it. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in, in God. The Passion Translation says, let the faith of God be in you. Or as it says in the side note, have the God like a faith. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed to be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Notice that this isn't praying. It's saying, right? I want everybody to look at me. It's not praying. It's saying. It's speaking. It's using authority. Way too many Christians are praying and asking God to do something for them when he's already given us the authority to do it. Did you hear that? You didn't come for anything else. If you didn't get up and put those nice clothes on and comb your hair for anything else and come to this church today, it was for that right there. Too many Christians are asking God to do something when he's already given us the authority to do it. My, my, my. It's so important to understand. I cannot emphasize that enough. We can speak to our mountains. Those seemingly impossible situations. We can speak to our mountains. Everybody, I, say, I want you to say it from your mouth. I can speak to my mountains. I want, I want you to say this. If I'm facing something impossible, I can speak to it in faith. Tell it to go. Not doubt in my heart. But believe what I say. And I will have whatever I say. Do you really believe that? Because if you did, my goodness gracious, do you think things might be changing in your life? I didn't. All I'm doing is reading the Bible. These are the words of the master. These are the words of Jesus. He's the one who's telling us right here. Glory to God. Friends, listen. Jesus said we can do this. In fact, go to Matthew chapter 21. Listen to this. Matthew 21, 21. So Jesus said the same incident, but from Matthew's perspective. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree. Jesus is telling them, listen, you see this fig tree dried up from the roots. You can not only do what I just did to this fig tree. You cannot only do, you, 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 can not only do what was done to this fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. You have the ability to speak to your mountains and tell them to be removed and cast into the sea, not doubting in your heart, but believing what you say, and you will have whatever you say. 
This, my friends, is exercising your authority. Oh, my goodness gracious. Pastor Dan, are you telling me I can speak to those impossible situations I've been facing in my life and tell it to go, to tell it to change, to tell it... it if it doesn't line up with that Holy Bible, if it's anything of the devil, sickness, disease, deformities in your body, anything. I'm going I'm to I'm listen to me right now because I'm getting really pumped up. Oh, glory to God. You have the legal right in the eyes of Almighty God to do what I just said here. To do exactly what Jesus said here. You can speak to your mountains. Mm, glory to God. See, I'm getting, you know why I'm keeping staying on this? Because it's coming to me. The revelation's coming to me. And I'm getting excited in my spirit, man. I know when I speak to that mountain, glory to God. Spirit of Ron's getting on me. <laughs> when you, Hallelujah. revelation's being poured in me. When you speak to that mountain, all of heaven is now backing you up. It cannot stay there. It cannot remain there. You have the ability. You have the authority. The legal right. To speak to it. How do you. Let me, let me just throw this in. I know this is such a simple question. But I want you to get it. How do you speak to something? With your mouth. And what's coming out? A big old giant uh, sledgehammer. Or a jackhammer. What, what's coming out? Is it big old pieces of dynamite that are going to blow up the mountain? It's words. It's words. Words. Faith-filled words. But guess what that mountain was created with? Faith-filled words. Everything on this creation, everything in this creation, everything in this universe is being upheld by the, the word of God. Thus, when you speak to it in faith and tell it to go, get out of my life. You are unleashing God's power to bring it to pass. Am I the only one who's getting a little pumped up about this? Woo! You can speak to your mountain. Why do we accept things in our lives? Why do we say, well, I guess I'm just going to have to deal with this. It's just, there's not much I can do about it. It's been, I've been dealing with this my whole life. So I just accept it. Even though it's not of God. Why do we do that? Because we've dealt with it for so long that we give up. And we just go with the flow. And plus, a lot of people... No, I would say probably the majority of Christians have never heard a teaching like this. That they have the ability to speak to those impossible situations in their lives. You know, when you have a physical ailment in your physical body that's not of God, something that's bringing you pain, something that causes, is hindering you from doing what you're supposed to be doing, why do we accept it? Do not accept it! You should go over your physical body and say, oh, that ain't supposed to be. Nope, that's not supposed No, you shouldn't be. Get off of me in Jesus' name. And then when you do it, 
Using the authority God has given you. you remember, what, where were you at? What kind of authority are we using? The highest position of authority in the universe. And when we do that, glory to God, glory to God. Can you stand up? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. She's had these things on the back of her legs. What are they called? Baker's, baker's cysts. Do they cause you pain? Do you think it's of God? No. It's not of God. I speak to those baker's cysts right now. And I'm demanding you to go from her physical body in the name of Jesus Christ. You must bow down to the name. I'm speaking to you. Oh, the doctor said, well, this is something you're going to have to deal with. There's not anything we can really do about it unless we want to go in and do surgery. But I'm telling you, you have to go in Jesus' name. Woo! I tell you what, she about you. Woo! Woo! I think... That just jumped off of her onto me. I almost went down. That's power. It almost knocked me down. <laughs> Woo! 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 Come on! Go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up. It might, listen, listen, you might go and be, might be thinking to yourself, I, I don't know if I can do that. Well, then deal with what you got. I don't know about you, but I like freedom. I like complete whole healthy body. So speak to those things that shouldn't. Tell it to go. Tell your shoulder. Come here. I want you to speak to my shoulder and I'm going to speak to your shoulder. No, this one right here. Tell my shoulder. I want you to speak to my shoulder. Anything that is not of the Bible and God's word be gone. That's right. In the name of Jesus That's Christ. That's right. Woo. Amen. In Jesus' name, I declare your shoulder whole and healthy. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Muscles, tendons, joints, be loose. Labrum, be healed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, 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 listen. I know some you might be thinking, well, that's just, this is just a bunch of emotionalism. Listen, guys, we're not doing this. I know I get excited. Pastor Jones gotten excited. Some of you have gotten excited. But listen to me. This is not emotionalism. This is the Bible. Did I not share these things? Did you not, did, when I read these things, did you not see that? We're called to speak to the mountain. We could do exactly what Jesus did to the fig tree. Did Jesus say that? Could we, can we speak to wind and waves and storms that are trying to bring destruction to our lives? Do you have the legal right to do that? Oh, I've heard of people standing up in the middle of severe storms traveling across the oceans and standing up and telling the storms to go and they left. Human beings, just like you and me, if we will simply exercise our authority and do it just like Jesus did it, we can expect to get the same kind of results. Now that's shouting grounds. I said that's shouting grounds. I said that's shouting grounds. Woo! I'll tell you what, there one thing's going to be known about this church. We are an excited church. Because listen, we're going to start to see the manifestations of these very things happening in our lives. And if that don't get you happy, your woods are wet. 
I'm, t- I'm serious. We ought to be so pumped up and excited about this. And I understand it's, it's, it's a process of trusting God by the Holy Spirit for this revelation to get down in our hearts. But then once it gets down in there, don't leave it in there. Release it. Release it. Step out in faith. And you'll see these things come to pass in your life. Amen. Glory to God. Sit back down for just a moment. Close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Just real quickly.